Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Through Jesus, we have the victory. Turn and tell somebody, Happy Resurrection Sunday. The holiday formerly known as Easter. Easter only actually appears in the King James one time. And when you look up that word Easter, it is Passover. The actual meaning of that word in the Strong's Concordance is Passover, Passat. And, uh, and so even the translators couldn't even get that one right. <laughs> but thanks be to God, our eyes are open. We have eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in these last days. Amen? Amen. And so uh, today, from Lydia and I, our family to yours, from... Uh, the Hucks and uh, the uh, church family here, to you and your family, we wish you a happy Passover, which began uh, uh, last week, last Wednesday night. Uh, and we wish you a very happy Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And for those of you that like to dig a little bit deeper into our Judeo-Christian roots, uh, we're in day three of the biblical 50-day journey between Passover and Pentecost. Some of you have been following that for many a year. Uh, it's called Counting the Omer. It's a count up to 50 days. And on 50 days, God gave Israel a second experience. 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, God gave the church a second experience. Uh, originally, it was the giving of the Word, the Torah, the Bible. Uh, 1,500 years later, on the same day, it was the giving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, same holiday and same 50-day journey uh, even to this day. Uh, but today, on this day, we're going to celebrate a risen Savior. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is from the New Living Testament. And uh, Peter, the apostle, says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. He's talking about eternal life. How many of you have been born again? How many of you have given your life to Jesus? How many of you believe that Jesus is alive? Because of that, there is an inheritance of eternal life that is kept for you. Your name is written in heaven. It's written in the Lamb's book of life. 
And one day we're going to walk into that great reward of our faith and our trust in God. And so the death of the Lord, the shedding of His blood as the Passover lamb, and His resurrection is the greatest single day on the Christian calendar. That's why in these last days we, we get a little bit testy about saying Easter, even though it's okay to say Happy Easter. But how many of you know that that word Easter is a word that comes uh, from the word Ishtar, Ashtoreth, and it uh, links people to a goddess of fertility. That's where the whole chocolate bunnies and Easter eggs and everything comes from. And so when the single greatest day on the Christian calendar uh, is called Easter. It just kind of, now that we know it, rubs us the wrong way in that, uh, hey, wait a minute here. (laughs) Why are we linking this wonderful, awesome, incredible day with a pagan goddess? Who did that? Who's in charge? Let me go take care of that right now. So, yeah, we can call it Easter and we know what you mean, but uh, we're in the middle of changing that to Resurrection Sunday. Can you say amen? amen? So it's no coincidence that Jesus died on Passover. He is the Passover Lamb. John the Baptist said when Jesus uh, launched into His ministry, He said, Behold the Lamb of God! that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen? And that's what our Lord and Savior did. That's why we're celebrating today. That's why everyone should be smiling today. Put a smile on your face! Because Jesus is alive. But what God did by sending Jesus as the Passover Lamb is directly related to what He did for the Jewish people 3,400 years ago. They sacrificed their own Passover lamb. Small l. We're we're in the revelation of Passover lamb, capital L. But yet it's the same uh, uh, faith in a sacrifice. They put the blood on the doorposts of their house so that the angel of death would what? Pass over. Amen. And uh, in effect, what happened is that gave Israel new life. It was, in a sense, a new birth for them. And it was this act of faith in God that brought them salvation and deliverance. Had they never offered the Passover sacrifice, they wouldn't have been delivered. And probably when we get to heaven and hear some of the stories, we'll probably find out that some had backslidden and didn't put the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of their house. And guess what happened? The same thing that happened to the firstborn of the Egyptians. But Israel had faith. And it not only led them to perform the Passover sacrifice, the very first commandment that God gave Israel as a nation. Enter into a commitment. Take a step beyond just what you think in your mind and do something tangible in your life. Put the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of your house so that uh, the angel of death will pass over. And then it 
uh, continued from there, this 50-day journey. They went to the Red Sea. And then it was by faith that they got to Mount Sinai where God gave them the Bible and they entered into even a higher level of covenant commitment when God gave them the Bible. They basically said, I pledge my allegiance to the Bible. I don't understand it all, Lord, but since you're saying it and you're giving it, we accept it by faith. Israel did that. The Jewish people did that. And every year, for 3,400 years, they've been celebrating Passover, retelling the miracle story. And it all was pointing towards and foreshadowed what would come 1,500 years later in Jerusalem when God sent Yeshua, Jesus, the Passover lamb. So in both cases, what do you, what's going on here? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved Israel, uh, that saved you and I. And how many of you would say today it was a divine intervention? (laughs) When you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were probably already walking on water. You probably already knew that you're doing pretty good, that you're, you know, really I'm not that bad of a sinner, so I'm okay, you're okay. Eh Eh-eh. We had one foot in hell and the other one on a banana peel. (laughs) But somehow, some way, whatever your personal story is, you got saved by the blood of the Lamb. And now you have a testimony. Amen? And that testimony is you are saved, you are delivered, you are forgiven, you are blessed of the Lord, you have eternal life, everlasting life as an inheritance, and you have a promise of abundant life. Amen? And that's what Jesus is talking about in John 8. Whoever is a... Whoever sins is a slave to sin. Even the little $5 sins, the little 50 cent sins, is enough to ruin a person's destiny. As the Bible says, a little leaven, leaven being a sign of sin in the Bible so often, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And so God said, I'm going to take care of this once and for all. Everything that happened in the tabernacle, everything that happened in the temple, all was, uh, all worked. It was all God given, but it was temporary until the Lord Himself came and walked that Via Della Rosa for you and I so that we could be forgiven once and for all. How many of you are thankful today that you are forgiven? Amen. Well, give the Lord a praise for that. So today, as we celebrate uh, His resurrection, it ought to stir up uh, a level of thankfulness. Well, uh, but I'm still going through something. Yeah, but today He is risen. Today He got up. And because He is risen and He got up, every, 
uh, enemy of the gospel, every enemy of the cross, every enemy that comes against you is defeated because of what Jesus has done. You have blood-bought, irreversible, unchangeable promises that are always and forever. Yes and amen. And that includes salvation and deliverance and redemption and everything, every adjective that goes underneath that belongs to us today. That's part of our inheritance. Amen. How many of you are thankful? How many of you are committed to being faithful to the things of God? How many of you are ready for God to do a new thing using today as a launching pad into the rest of your life. Today is the first day of the rest of our life. No more living in the rearview mirror. No more if I woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, maybe a little. But if you're living in if I woulda, coulda, shoulda, Father, forgive me. I did not know what I was doing. I was lost my mind. But I'm back on the pathway of life and blessing. I'm going to live you, live for you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, with all of my soul. Amen. So what we need to realize is that uh, our faith would be in vain had it not been for the resurrection. Had Jesus not gone from the cross to the tomb and was resurrected on the third day, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, if you have your Bible, turn over there. It says, If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. So there's something about the resurrection. Yeah, I know that a lot of times we see crucifixes with Jesus still on the cross, but that's not the rest of the story. Jesus got off the cross, went into the tomb, and was resurrected so that you and I would have an immortal, indestructible life. Amen. And there's plenty of evidence that Jesus is alive today. Plenty of evidence. The empty tomb is the big one. Uh, years ago for Larry Huck Ministries, one of our partner gifts was an empty tomb. And uh, maybe we ought to do that uh, next year about this time, camera, is uh, relaunch the, the pendant of the empty tomb. Because even more than the cross, the empty tomb tells us that every blood-bought promise is yes and amen in our lives. There's hundreds of prophecies about Jesus as the Messiah that have been fulfilled. Strong evidence. The Gospels are like signed affidavits from eyewitnesses that document the resurrection. I was there. I saw that with my own eyes. I saw the nail print scars in his hands. Jesus is alive. And that's why to this day, 2,000 years later, there's still people surrendering their lives to the Lord and pledging their allegiance to the Lamb. Pretty powerful testimony. 
the Lord uh, appeared as evidence to Mary Magdalene and the other women, as well as the disciples, and eventually to hundreds and hundreds of people. What's other evidence? The transformation. This is a key one in the sense of in your life today, in my life today, when people know that we're Christians, that we believe in Jesus, and they actually see that we've changed. You're not the dope-smoking, drug-using, carousing, uh, vile, uh, riotous person that you used to be. What the heck happened? Jesus is what happened. Amen. The revival that followed the resurrection that included as the book of Acts in Acts 22, I believe, myriads of Jews believed. Myriads. One myriad is 10,000. So the Bible uses the plural word myriads of Jews believed which means 10,000 plus, 20,000, 30,000 Jews in Jerusalem were part of the revival that Jesus is the crucified, resurrected Son of the living God. Amen. Paul's uh, conversion from Saul is maybe the most dramatic testimony in the Bible of a life that was changed by the resurrected power of a living Savior. And then, look, the, the church has come a long ways in 17, 18, 1900 years, right? That's evidence. Because if all of this was just a, a lie perpetrated by lunatics, it would have died out centuries ago. And how many of you here today are part of that great number of saints who believe that Jesus died on the cross, on the third day rose again, and He has come into your life, my life, our lives, and brought us a new beginning and new life. And we have new life through Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise. So every spiritual, every physical, every emotional, every financial blessing is ours because of the resurrection. Amen. And it's ours because we have faith. Amen. You have faith. You trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And you've been trusting the Lord with all of your heart, some of you, for a very long time. That's called faithfulness. God bless you for your faithfulness. And because Jesus lives, salvation and eternal life is ours. Forgiveness of sins is ours. The breaking of every curse is ours. Victory over sin and death is ours. A new life in Christ is ours. Come on, help me somebody. The peace of God that passes all understanding is ours. The joy of the Lord which is our strength is ours. Health and healing and being cured from every sickness and disease is ours. Come on somebody. Provision. 
prosperity, the abundant life is ours because Jesus is alive. And that's just the short list of benefits and blessings. It doesn't end there. That's called amazing grace. Oh my gosh, what a mighty God we serve. Go with me to Colossians 1.13. What we have needs to be treasured and valued more than just in a casual way. Amen. You know, when I got saved in 1984, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, cool, man. It was like I knew that my life had been totally changed. I had a vision in my heart of a real Savior, a real Jesus, and by golly, I was going to celebrate, and I was going to rejoice, and I was going to tell people about that, and all these many, I can't even do the math, I need a DeLorean to go back that far, how long it's been. 39 years later, I'm still shouting the victory, amen? Who's shouting the victory with me? Come on, somebody. We need to value this like the pearl of great price that Jesus talked about. And Colossians 1.13 says, this is the Passion Translation, He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. Just stop and think about that for a minute. Before Christ, you were in the kingdom of darkness, whether you knew it or not. And Satan is the ruler of that kingdom. And he's a tyrant, a dictator. And he puts people in all kinds of bondage. He doesn't fight fair. And he is here to kill and steal and destroy people's destinies, people's dreams, people's hopes. And all of a sudden, we're fortunate enough to hear the gospel message. Our eyes are open. We said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I pledge to live for you. I'll follow you, Lord Jesus. And then the rest of this scripture comes to pass. He's rescued us and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the Son, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through His very blood. Now, some of that is theological, I understand that, but all I know is that when I got saved and gave my life to the Lord, it was like the weight of the world was taken off my shoulders and out of my mind, and a great exchange began to happen. All the things that I was doing for the devil was exchanged for doing something for God. And 39 years later, let's get this thing on. Let's, let's keep on, like Eddie Kendrick saying, let's keep on trucking. How many of you are going to keep on trucking for the Lord? And we should, because we're in a new kingdom now. We have new life in Christ. And one of the keys to living in the fullness of everything that God has promised is to walk in a revelation that you have resurrection power inside of you. You've been called to live a resurrected life, not a defeated life. 
and you build on that revelation. You study to show yourself approved. You absorb and embrace and learn and educate yourself on what this stuff means. If all you got is John 3.16, that's enough to get you into heaven. But this Bible has got a lot more in it than John 3.16. John 3.16 is enough. It's, It's definitely enough for eternal life. But it's not enough for abundant life because abundant life doesn't just automatically happen. If abundant life automatically happened, then we'd all have abundant life. We'd all be just living like with no trouble, no issues, nothing coming against us. But the devil is like a roaring lion. He goes about seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for people that are immature. He's looking for people that haven't transformed, that haven't evolved, that have maybe lost touch with the things of God. And we've kind of fallen back to, uh, I'm okay, you're okay, because we got John 3.16. But God in these last days is not calling us just to live on the minimum. The minimum daily requirement. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. They ain't going to cut it when the Antichrist crowd is out there running wild and the powers and principalities are out there running wild. We need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. We need to stay on this thing. Daily pick up our cross and follow the Lord and work this thing. we got to be working the Word, working the Word, working the Word, working the Word. Well, that's just too much for me. Well, then you'll be a believer But we're on our way to being disciples. There's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. And so God uses holidays like Resurrection Sunday to remind us of the the valued treasure we have. Oh my gosh, this thing is better than anything you could ever have. Amazon can't send you, ship you anything better than your salvation and the blood-bought promises that are in the Bible. Amen? And so uh, a lot of that comes with understanding, for instance, Romans 8.11. Go with me to Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11 talks about the resurrected life that we have. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Amen. Just go a little Baptocostal on me. (laughs) Amen. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. God, may we understand the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of what that means in our lives. It means we have dominion. It means we have authority. It means we have power over the enemy. It means we tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It means we are bold as lions. It means we have strength and confidence and and walk in a sense of victory as overcomers, as more than conquerors. Conquerors, oh, somebody help the preacher, will you?
And so that power is in us at this very moment. But it has to be activated. It's like I always have teased and said, and you've heard it a hundred times, what Reinhard Bonnke, the great late preacher to an apostle to Africa, said when he came to our Bible college back in 1985. And it was like he was speaking to me, a young convert. The gospel is like soap. It only works when it's applied. How many of you are ready to apply the promises of God in your life today? Amen. The promises of God bring us unlimited power to raise us up. As Christ was raised up, He wants to raise you up and elevate your life. And so you'll be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, walking in joy, walking in peace, walking in confidence, walking with vision. Amen. the most powerful force in the universe oh my gosh but you have to activate and this is accomplished by desiring to know him as philippians 2 says i want to know him and the power of his resurrection man i'm so thankful that uh i got born again in a Bible-toting, tongue-talking, Jesus-worshiping, pew-jumping, devil-stomping church. As a kid, I was a Lutheran. As an adult, God re-saved me, as it were. I rededicated my life, and I went from traditional ritual religion into a relationship with a risen Savior who says, Scott, what is in you is in me. The same power that raised me from the dead will raise you up out of sin, raise you up out of sickness, raise you up out of depression, raise you up out of poverty, raise you up out of wherever you were in your life before Christ. Today is a day to celebrate that He is a risen Savior and He's still rolling stones away. Oh, help me now. So how do you activate it? Act like that. And fake it till you make it. Begin to speak faith-filled words. Begin to speak the promises of God. God didn't call you to call everybody up or put it on social media the size of your problem. God called you to speak to the problem about the size of our God. We serve a mighty God. Nothing will be impossible for Him. He has given power over death. Yep, come on. Begin to pray the promises of God. Get one of those little topical Bibles. God's Word for every circumstance. And whenever you're going through an issue... Uh, whatever it might be, find that issue. But, uh, okay, there's the problem, or there's what I want, and then find the Scriptures that uh, accompany that and begin to profess that over your life. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Are you with me? 
had the devil known what was about to happen, he wouldn't have done what he did. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. In 1 Corinthians 2, 8, it said, None of the rulers of this present world understood it. The crucifixion. For if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew what was about to happen, that everything that was manifesting through Jesus was about to be transferred to everyone who calls on His name, He never would have crucified the Lord. Just like Pharaoh did with Almighty God and Moses, the devil severely overplayed his hand. Why? Because Yeshua through His death and resurrection, completely crushed, someone say crushed, crushed Satan's kingdom. Don't be one of those that think Satan's power is kind of neck and neck with God's power. That's deception. That's a lie. The Bible says Satan is the father of all lies. And one of the biggest lies is what you're going through will never change. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Go to Hebrews 2.14. Well, where does it say that in the Word, Brother Scott? Hebrews 2.14. I'm glad you asked. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die... And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And there's many other scriptures like that. Don't you realize today that our Lord and Savior took the keys of death and hell so that all that believe in him could receive eternal life one day in the sweet by and by, but also so they could receive abundant life on earth, down on the ground while we're still around. Eternal life, abundant life. It's been signed, sealed, and delivered. Even Stevie Wonder knows. How many of you know you're a blood-bought child of the King? Amen. And if you'll continue trusting, if you'll continue believing all the things that are resisting you and coming against you, the promise of God will one day uh, manifest in your life and that thing will be defeated once and for all. Amen. So some of it happens quickly, but most of what goes on requires a sustained effort. It's not just one and done. Oh, I did that 20 years ago. No, we do it each and every day. And then what happens is what I had mentioned earlier about the great exchange. When you accepted Christ into your life, a great exchange took place. And it takes time for everything to work itself out. We were at a Passover Seder uh, last night, and I had an opportunity to share. And uh, it's like, before Christ, I spent 17 years getting into all kinds of trouble. 
I had a cat's cradle of trouble. Do you think that all of that trouble is just going to unwind in a 24-hour period? Some of it takes some time because sin has consequences. And some of those consequences are emotional. Some of those are physical. Some of those are medical. Some of those are legal. Some of those are relational. And it takes a while for the healing to happen. It takes a while sometimes for forgiveness to happen. It takes a while sometimes for God to untangle that cat's cradle of issues and troubles and problems. But believe Believe me, it will happen to you. It may not happen by Friday, but it's going to happen. Amen? Look at Romans 5. In Romans 5, 17. Talking about this great exchange. This is explaining what's going on spiritually in our lives. And it's meant to help us better understand Uh, how much has been transformed, how much God has done in our lives. It says in verse 17, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. The wages of sin being But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That's you and I today. How many of you want to give the Lord a hand clap for what's happening? Through the power of His resurrection, we've exchanged eternal death for eternal life. We've exchanged the grave for glory. We've exchanged sinfulness for righteousness. We've exchanged spiritual blindness for spiritual vision. We've exchanged sickness and disease for divine health and healing. Oh, help me somebody. We've exchanged poverty and lack for prosperity and abundance. We've exchanged the spirit of heaviness for the spirit of praise and thanksgiving. Oh, somebody help me now. Because Jesus is risen, we have new life. Abundant life. Jesus paid for it in full. Did you know in in the Greek, the, the word abundant life means zoe life. Zoe. Not Frank Zappa's daughter. Okay, moving right along. Zoe means, I just love this, what an incredible meaning. Super abundance in quantity and superior in quality. Abundant life. I have come to bring you life and that life more abundantly, Jesus said. 
So what he's saying is, I have come so those that believe in me will inherit a lifetime of life filled with superabundance in quantity and superior in quality. Man, let's get to praying that. Amen. Let's start making that part of our prayer language. Father, I thank You that in my life, You give me a lifetime of life. A blessed life. A quality life. A superior life. A superabundant life. Filled with joy and peace. And filled with prosperity and blessing. Filled with health and healing. Declare that in your spirit today. Amen. I got two holy murmurs and one little amen. Can I get a big amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And that promise, boy, I wish more churches would teach this as the promise of God. But they don't. A lot of people are missing this, but you have it. So uh, just go light up your world today. It's Easter Sunday. Well, actually, it's the holiday formerly known as Easter. Like the, uh, say what? Yeah, Resurrection Sunday. It's Resurrection, and sh- so share some good news. How many of you are going to brunch? You're going out for something nice after no one? We is. Let's share something uh, about the love of God. Amen? So Lydia and I, I know Pastor and Tiz, all the church staff, uh, pray that as you guys celebrate Resurrection Day, celebrate Passover, uh, that uh, you'll, you'll have like this thank you Jesus moment today. Please have that at some point. In, in your day. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, because if there's one day that ought to be filled with thanksgiving and praise and worship, unspeakable joy, just the unlimited uh, gratefulness. Oh, Lord, what a mighty God you are. Oh, what you've done. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen. So, leave with this understanding. Salvation is yours. Victory over sin and death is yours. Healing is yours. Provision is yours. Prosperity is yours. Peace and joy are yours. Every spiritual, physical, emotional, financial blessing is yours because Jesus is alive. Someone shout, Jesus is alive. Yes and amen.